seen it in the last year every agency owner i know is now posting right every single day and that yep. that's not a bad thing but it might not be a good thing depending if it's serving you right because we can add we can add to the noise and we can post but is it really serving us for the, sh the short the mid and long term goals that we might have and are we really connecting with the right audience through that content so i would be very cautious about doing that Welcome to the Confessions of an Agency Owner podcast. I'm Chris Ailey, your host, and today my guest is Ryan O'Keefe, co-founder of personal branding agency Jago. After building a career in a highly successful sales role at Yale.com, Ryan went on to start a full-service agency before a life-changing event in his family made him look for a purpose in his career. And it's this purpose that ties in perfectly with his move into personal branding and helping Jago's clients understand the strengths behind their own personal brands through the use of emotional intelligence. I was keen to find out how Jago's approach could help agency founders start their personal brand journey and hopefully pick up some tips along the way. Have a listen. Ryan, thanks for coming on, mate. How are you? I'm very well, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Surviving half term, as we just spoke about. <laughs> <laughs> we're nearly there. It's Friday. We're at the end. It's Friday. It's the last day. Yeah. And we've got a weekend and then they go back. That's good. So can you just give us a bit of an introduction as to um, how you got into personal branding and how Jago came about and what they're all about? How are they different to all of the other personal branding agencies and, and freelancers out there? Wow, that's a big question. I'll try and break it down for you. Um, let me start with an overview of what Jago is and, and why we think we're different. Um, Jago basically helps incredibly talented people raise their profile so they can have a bigger impact on the people that they serve. And our proposition really goes very deep on the strategy, which I think we'll come on to a little bit later on. But it's really infused with the foundation of using anthropology, which is an understanding of people and culture, i.e. knowing yourself more, as well as bringing consistency to your behavior with emotional intelligence. So that's us. We're one of the, um, one of the first agencies to become B Corp. We became certified three years ago. I think we're the only personal branding agency to be a certified B Corporation. So we are purpose-driven at heart. We're heartical people. And yeah, we want to be, you know, backing people to have a positive impact um, on more people. How do we get into it? I have been reading the room from, from the get-go. I remember living on the council estate with my dad. My mum and dad split up. I went and lived with my dad uh, on the council estate. Um, but my dad actually sent me to a middle-class school. He cleaned the school for me to go there. Um, that's where I met Steve, my, my business partner. And so I was exposed very early on, Chris, to people from different walks of life, you know, understanding how, you know, people would interact from different um, backgrounds and, you know, different situations. And so, you know, that, that time in my life, I was able to start observing, understanding how I had to, you know, navigate and behave to get on well you know, with different people. So yeah, that, um, that served me well. So just personal branding then, does that, does that start at school, do you think? Uh, honestly, like if we take away the word personal branding and, and think of it as reputation, which I think most of yeah. us would agree that it is almost your reputation scaled, 
the personal, the branding part is actually scaling it, right? And putting yourself out there. But actually the personal part is around who you are and what you stand for and what people think about you consistently, right? Mm. So if you've got four mates and they all say the same thing about you, then you know that you're pretty consistent, right? And we've all had that one mate that is the guy that is the last to buy the drink at the bar. So he's got a personal brand, whether you like it or not, for being a tight ass, right? He's the guy you don't lend a tenor to. You don't lend a tenor or, or, you know, or people that are always moody in the workplace. Whether you like it or not, even at a young age, you've got a reputation. It might not be a reputation that you want, but you've certainly got one. And so I remember from a very young age to think about what people would think about me and you know, how that would play into, you know, the success of that interaction with that particular person. And then when I got into business, it was very much a conscious um, thought process. It wasn't as deep as it is now, but I just remember thinking this. I never want to talk to someone and make them feel um, less less positive after speaking to me. I always wanted to make them feel a little bit more positive after speaking to me because I was naturally a guy that had high energy and I was a positive person. I just remember that, like whether that was on the phone or sales or meeting a manager or meeting my colleagues, I just, I just wouldn't want to bring people down. And so, yeah, I think you do have a reputation. And I think if you're conscious about that, then that starts at a very early age. It was quite interesting that you just said that because if you think about it when you're at school, you know, if you're, if you're popular in, in, even in junior school or at secondary school, whatever, secondary school maybe is more about survival, right? But yeah. if you can get on with the school bully, the school f- football captain, the person that's really good at geography that sits in the library and everything else, then you're going to kind of have a, your popularity, if you like, or your brand is going to be quite likable, isn't it? And I guess dealing with different personality types, yeah. which then you can translate that into sales perhaps where you have to deal with different character types. Yeah. It's just quite interesting. I've never really thought about it like that before. If you think, (laughs) yeah, everyone's got a personal brand, whether they know know it or not. If you're in business, when you're at college, whether you, when you, whether you're at, you you know, uni, wherever you are, I've got a reputation with my wife. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've got a reputation with my wife. It's not necessarily the one I want. No, it is. And that's the, that's the key thing, right? It's (laughs) consistent. It's consistency. Um, and so people will come to us and say, you know, I want to I want to build my personal brand. They've already got one. What we're talking about just being is, is being intentional about how that is and, and whether it's and how you use it then for business basically, and how we use it for business. And and so, yeah, so that helped me navigate those circumstances when I was younger. Um, didn't do particularly well at school, dropped out of school, um, went into a sales role for five years and then got headhunted by. The, the, the big people at Yellow Pages before Google came along and started to eat our lunch. Um, and yeah, I remember selling ads for 79 quid when I first started, bashing out the phones. Um, in the yellow book? In the yellow book, yes, in that big yellow book. Um, yeah. And I remember when I first started, I couldn't sell a bean for a couple of weeks. And I've just gone from being top salesperson at this small company to joining the biggest sales force in the country at the time. And I've just been on this amazing training course and I couldn't sell anything. And I remember saying to my dad, I can't sell anything. What's going on? And my confidence dropped. And he said, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm following the script. 
I'm, I'm doing exactly what they're telling me to do. And he said, that's the problem. You're a clone. You're not showing your character. You're not being the person that got you to this position in the first place. And so the penny dropped. And so I started to be more myself, show my reputation, deal with the calls how I wanted to deal with them. And before, you know, before too long, I, I kind of went on a, you know, progression within that business. And I ended up looking after the largest multi-million pound portfolio. You know, so I spent 12 years in one of the biggest sales forces. And I remember someone said, no one has actually ever gone from the bottom to the top. How have you done it? And I couldn't really explain clearly what that was. But they basically said, you haven't once mentioned money. And what you talked about really is is wanting to build trust with people. And so I realized that sales wasn't just about the gift of the gab. It was the ability to build trust with people. And so I went on this big deep dive of understanding how you build trust with more people. And I landed on this, this subject that I'm so passionate about of emotional intelligence and the ability to self-regulate your own emotions and being able to turn up because there was this, this saying, which is basically EQ is about understanding how our emotions impact our actions and how our actions impact our interactions with other people and that ultimately determines the outcome of the relationship and so I was conscious about that and it and you know long story short it served me really well um in a great career at Yellow Pages and then after 12 years I decided to leave and so that going business. off script <laughs> But going off script is is a really key point there, I think, especially for business owners. And like, it's the not selling, isn't it? It's building that trust. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, a lot of mistakes that people make is they, or they wonder why they get no traction, is because they'll start posting on social or something like that. Yeah. Initially, they think I've got to get my company in there. I've got to sell my company. I've got to tell everyone how great my company is, or that you need to buy this from me. Yeah. And obviously that will get no traction at all um no. and which we'll come on to in a minute but then you can put something completely uh like personal or, or or something that's not to do with work and they get a lot more likes yeah and then you've got this argument of linkedin turning into facebook or or, or anything else so it's, it's really interesting how those different messages play isn't it in, in terms of what people yeah definitely get appealed to basically yeah and i had my own brand right within the brand at yellow pages so there was this big brand of of yellow pages and most people would dine out on that and use that to leverage you know higher sales but actually what people are buying it buying from was me you know there was a difference between me and the other salespeople. we both had the same corporate brand behind us which was yellow pages mm. but the difference was i'd built my brand with those particular clients within the business of yellow pages so you know that for me was fascinating to suddenly realize that and then really be conscious around making that connection with people when i would go and see them and i'd make them some commitments and so they would get to know me and so that was part of my success and you know that was also part of my downfall because when i left to set up my own business I had all of this great reputation within this massive sales organization as one of the top performers in that business and also a good guy that would look after people well within the company to suddenly a nobody. I guess that knocked your confidence as well, did it? Or how did you get started? 
Well, I went, I felt like a, I felt like a nobody again. So I set up this business, this full service agency. It was basically selling similar stuff to what Yellow Pages uh, was offering, but just in a more sort of boutique way um, when I left. Um, because Was that... this still offline? Sorry, was this before the internet still? No, I'm not that old, mate. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, you were selling in a yellow book, and then you're selling the same. Oh, mate, yeah. So back in the back in the day, I was selling yellow pages because that's when I first started. Right. And then during that, so that time, then moved to an online model. Yeah, but during that time, I was basically selling Google. You know, I actually helped you know Yell do a deal with Google. We became one of the biggest resellers of Google because we had their sales team and we already had a pre pre existing account. So we were selling digital services, websites, Yell.com, yellow pages. Right. And, and Google, a package, basically. And so when I left, I wasn't obviously selling their branded products anymore, but I was selling, you know, digital products um, as, a, as a full service marketing agency. Um, and so I just felt like I could do it my way, which was going to be better than what they were doing. Um, but yeah, so I, I set up an agency, basically. I came into the agency world as a salesperson, if you like. I'd be labeled as, yep. as a salesperson. And that in itself gave me... A bit of a complex because one I didn't know anyone now and I went into this new agency world which I thought they were all really really technical all really really creative people um, and I felt in the wilderness I felt a bit lost I didn't have any connections I felt like people didn't really know my true value because how would they they didn't they didn't know who I was but I had all of this inner sort of self-talk within me and and often sabotaging thoughts around my own value and so yeah it did not my fault my confidence. And I remember going to my first um, agency event. I thought, I've got to get myself out there now. You know, where can I look? And it was a, it was an agency event that I went to. And I remember going there thinking, none of these people are going to like me. I'm sales. I come from a sales. Why did you think that? Well, because you were it, a sales. It was an irrational thought because I wasn't one of them or I was a new person as a sales background coming into the agency world. The truth was... But they wouldn't know you had a sales background, though, would they? Well, when I started to speak to them, probably. But the, the truth was, I wasn't confident of my offer. I wasn't confident of my true value. I wasn't clear on what that was, you know? I knew what it was in that particular role at Yellow Pages, but now I was... What was I? Was I the leader of this, this agency? You know, I'm offering all of these services, which I'm not sure I was particularly passionate about all of them. Um... And I was a bit lost, so that that knocked my confidence. And so I was judging myself. And the truth is, when you start judging yourself, you judge other people. Sure. Yeah. And so I was you start telling yourself a story in your own head. I was I was projecting my own judgments on them, thinking, yeah, I don't I don't really connect with those people anyway. They're not my people, or they're not going to like me. But the but the ironic thing is this: I remember three of those people sitting at the table that I thought might not connect with me. And two of them are, are my biggest fans, brand ambassadors, mates, whatever you want to call. You know one of them. Um, and so it's fascinating how your mind and your opinion can change within a short period of time where, where people get to know the real me. You know, the real me because of, what I've, because of the stories I've shared, because of what they've seen, because of the work that I've achieved and some of the clients' results that they've seen you know, us help um, to achieve. They, they know who I really am and what my value is and I'm able to connect with them on a much deeper level. And they know I'm a nice guy, right? It's not just all about what we do. It's actually showing some of my character. They know my true yeah. character. And that that's only happened because I put myself out there and built my personal brand. And so that for me is is 
a big learning curve, which is to say, don't go lost within any business um, and build all of your personal brand because you might need to take that that reputation with you. Uh, and so when we work with clients now, Chris, we, we also tell them that, you know, your personal brand is great for where you are right now, but you might move on to something new. You might sell your business and go on to a new venture or you might, you know, want to change roles completely. But if you've got that established personal brand and a reputation that people trust and like, then the opportunities are going to come quicker and faster and you're going to accelerate the opportunity to build trust with that audience because of that that established personal brand that you've already got. I think what you just said there is really important because you can take that with you and actually people look at that now. If you want to look at someone's CV or you can look on their LinkedIn or whatever, you can probably get more value from their LinkedIn than you can from their CV to see what they're about. Yeah. And actually, if they can bring an audience with them and bring a voice with them and bring become an advocate for your own business, then that, that's that's far. That's yeah, very powerful. It's a very powerful thing to have on your on, on your CV, if you like. Big time. So, how do people get started with this, though? I mean, is it all about LinkedIn, especially in business? Is it all about LinkedIn? Is it? You're talking about building their building their personal brand. Where's the start point? Starting your brand. Yeah, starting your personal brand. I mean, obviously, it starts with the people you work with and the people you meet offline. Yes. But then it's so important now. It's become its own industry, right? I mean, yeah. you can build, you can literally build your business from from having a following or yeah, or um, you know, building that network online. So where where does it start? Is it is it always got to be on social, or do you think it starts before that? Um. We use the analogy of don't don't set sail in a half-built boat. Um, I think lots of people are wanting to put themselves out there really, really quickly. Okay, there's a tendency to join the race. There's a lot of impatience. There's FOMO, isn't there? Right, fear of missing out. I've I've seen it in the last year. Every agency owner I know is now posting right every single day, and that yep. that's not a bad thing, but it might not be a good thing depending if it's serving you, right? Because we can add we can add to the noise and we can post. But is it really serving us for the, sh the short, the mid and the long term goals that we might have? And are we really connecting with the right audience through that content? So I would be very cautious about doing that. I do think you should test the water and put yourself out there and, and you know, have the courage to maybe go to a networking event. But we're all different. Some of us are introverted. Some of us are in the middle. Some of us are extroverted and think being aware of where we are um, from a simplistic level on on from that perspective is important, right? Because there'll be certain activities that are going to be easier to start with, okay? An introvert might not want to go to a networking event because that might just be really too much for them, but they might want to just explore writing and put their content out there. But I'll give you an example with, with people that we work with, which are usually business leaders and entrepreneurs. Um, the main reason why they come to us is, is two reasons from a top level, confidence or, or lack of clarity. They're either really like, I'm not confident to do this. I'm running this amazing business, but stepping over the line and putting myself out there just is, fills me with fear. Why? Because I'm scared of being judged. I think I'm scared of ruining the business's reputation. It's all going to fall down. We're not going to win those prospects. People aren't going to like what they see. Whatever it might be, every, all of the stuff that we all make up in our heads because of that big thing of fear. Or clarity. What am I going to talk about? You know, I might run this amazing digital marketing agency, but I'm no longer the experts in my business. Uh, I'm no longer the expert in my business about those particular areas. But I run this specialist agency. So it's like, well, what, what part do I play now? Where's my, 
role within this organization and where's my role to the external you know market so you know we go very deep on the strategy you know we want to understand what people's real value is and what makes them tick the way they tick because that's the special stuff that's the stuff that's going to make them really credible and really believable so we go we go on a deep dive we do some introspection look at their life look at how it shaped them up until that point that catalyzes some incredible stories um, but it also gives the client a lot of clarity on on what they're made of you know what they're really made of it's the truth not on what you should be or you should copy this this person but actually who they are because everyone in my eyes is the best at something that no one else is because they're yeah, unique definitely. no no one no one is better than anyone else at being themselves right so we have to give them the confidence to be able to do that and so that process is around introspection we do some assessments around the commercial value because if you don't know your commercial value how are you going to attract the right people um and and do great work um, and, and so then we synthesize that information. We also use emotional intelligence to bring consistency to their behavior because it's not just about being one thing online and then something very different offline. Um, we're not trying to augment reality here. We're trying to bring consistency to people's personal brand. We want the truth. You know, I want people to be, not, I don't want people to spy on me, but if they were to look into my house and see me behaving, they would say that actually that's quite consistent with what I'm seeing him present himself like outside. Yeah, I'm trying to walk the walk, right? It's not always easy, you know, dealing with your kids is going to be quite different to dealing with your people in business and it, and it will change and you'll be more conscious and less conscious in certain dynamics. But ultimately, my character and, and the way I turn up to the world should be pretty consistent and, and people should feel that. So the EQ brings that. Then what we do is we clash all of that information together and we build them a strategy actually understanding what that what that looks like and within that the, the the real gold and the real value in that is your positioning what is your positioning over and above your job title everyone everyone knows what a ceo is or or might do or everyone knows what you know a, a director is but actually we're much more than our job titles so with those positioning statements which is really a distillation of everything that we've found out about you people can get what you're all about. And so that gives our clients great confidence to say, I understand who I really am and I understand my value to you know, the outside world. And so I would say for our clients, that's, that's paramount for them to gain that confidence and clarity, but also give them longevity because it has a lot more depth and breadth to it than just going out there and just adding to the noise. I don't want that. So what does that strategy look like in terms of, because obviously, you know, one of the things you sort of see a lot is, is sort of educate, inspire, entertain, isn't it? Yeah. There might be another pillar missing there that I've missed, but <laughs> is it all about, um, you know, just appealing to the people that might want to buy from you? Because obviously agency business owners, they're going to get into this because they think they can win business from it, which is true. Yeah. But, they're only, there's only a very small portion of, of that audience that might buy from them if they're looking at that time and you're front of mind. That's, that's the secret, right? Yeah. How important is it to uh, sort of almost knock that away and just let that natu naturally happen? Um, and then how does that strategy 
do you sort of work off those pillars? Like you know, like you say, if, if you're a business owner and you're not the expert anymore, you're now running the business. You then become known as a, as a business owner rather than someone that that is an expert in A, B, or C. Yeah. How does that strategy translate into what you then post? Yeah. So the strategy feeds into you know the content buckets, really, as we would call them, because you know through you know through that process of of discovery. We work out we work out the real things that you are really passionate about, and also where you're going to win, right? Because we want you to be the athlete that knows exactly what race to run, where you've got the best chances of winning, and making sure that you stay out of the lane that you're not going to win in. Because what's the point, right? And so, you know that that strategy and discovery phase all almost shapes, you know, where you're going to win, um, and so you're going to win by talking about the things that are going to give you the most credibility. And so through that process, we establish those key topics. And there might be four key pillars, as an example. And within those, there'll be subtopics that we talk about. So for instance, I might talk about EQ, emotional intelligence, because I'm qualified in it. I've been passionate about EQ for the last 15 years because it's it's saved my life. It's helped me become successful. I now use it within my business. But within that might be a subscale of how EQ can help you convert more business as an example, because EQ in sales is very, very powerful, but EQ in something else about, you know, well-being. So, you know, there'll be these these key themes that we can uh, arrive upon that will really give you the clarity on how to turn up. And, and within those, you can bring your own personal anecdotes and, and real life stories uh, alive within them. And so that's, you know, that's, that's a skillful technique when it comes to the storytelling. But ultimately, those those key things really are the things that you should be known for and they should be connecting with your audience both you know from a business uh, prospecting opportunity perspective they should be they should be attached to your commercial strategy and that could be winning more business attracting more talent um or you know attracting investors whatever it might be so yeah part of your personal brand sh- strategy should be connected with your current business strategy it's it's different you can afford to be more outspoken than your company brand but actually the dna is the same and you need to you know your responsibility for honcho is to raise the profile so you grow and you serve more customers right and so part of your responsibility is going to be new biz you might not be doing the actual sales but actually getting conversations getting people attracted to your business is going to come through you so your content needs to represent that and it needs to be intentional about attracting the right type of people uh, for honcho. So, you know, being being a spotlight for your business is, is critical. And how much sort of personal life should people bring into that? Then? So obviously if you run an agency or, or a business, you can talk about what's going on in your business every day, but let's face it, there's a lot of people working from home now and, you know, the office is not the, the lively place that it used to be and you're only going to win so many awards or you're only going to do so many exhibitions. So I guess that that is one bucket, right, of what's going on in your business. Yeah. But that bucket has probably got a bit smaller over the last few years and that makes it harder. So then I guess the other bucket is your expertise itself in what you offer. Yeah. And then you'll see that, you know, there's got to be an element of that surely in your in what you're putting out there yeah but that's not what's going to get the most traction but then you 
what we were talking about earlier is like you, know, you bring your personal life into that, and generally people see a lot more traction from that online. Yeah. And then, how do you feel then about people getting really personal? Because like sometimes you see people using their kids or whatever, or a sick relative, or, or here's a homeless guy. Look, I've just given this homeless guy a sandwich. Someone get a picture of me quick, because this will make a great post. And then I'll get hundreds of likes, and then it turns it into quite a CD, yeah, you know, cringy thing then, doesn't it? What's, what's the importance of staying away from that, and what are your thoughts on mixing a bit of personal life into it? Because I think it's important, isn't it, for people to get to know you, but what's, what's the line? Oh, that is a great question. Very relevant. Um, I think the line is going to be very different for many different people, right? Um, but if we think about what we're playing for by doing this 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 activity, whether it's going to a speaking gig or or, or LinkedIn, we're playing for trust. Okay, yeah. so giving giving the homeless guy fifty quid um, might get loads of likes from certain groups of people but I think most sensible entrepreneurs that might have the money to spend with that particular person will see through that you know I think it feels really contrived um, so I think it's the way you do certain things rather than it being personal but ultimately what we're working with is business leaders okay leaders that want to build trust with their audience and so you know going for something that that generates cheap likes you know um, is not the answer you might get lots of traction, but it feels very contrived. And actually, I think that can that can harm your reputation and create distrust. And so there is a danger to 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 being, you know, a a cheap paparazzi, right? Trying to get the cheap shot. It's a trap, isn't it? It's a trap. Someone starting their personal brand, starting that journey, they're going to start posting about their business, get literally tumbleweed, and then one day they might post something about. I don't know, the coins here, I've laid a load of people off and he gets thousands of likes and he's everywhere. And he's like, well, this is, this is the source. This is what I've got to do. Or, yeah. you know, it's such a dangerous it, thing for me and it's becoming more and more... It's, dang it's, it's, da it's dangerous, right? But for me, it's what would I be prepared to share with someone at the, at the pub when I first meet them? You know, I will, yeah. I will tell the story about, you know, Grace. If they ask about my business, so for the viewers... You know, Grace is my daughter and she had, you know, a significant you know, near death experience when she was born. Anyway, I've, I've documented this story, um, but that shaped my business. So that's really part of my own journey within the company. And it gives some of the context and, and, and why behind why I do personal branding and why I changed my whole business around at that particular time. So I never put it out there for a sob story. I never want people to feel sorry for me. Um, although I have had that and that really, it, it upset me because I did, that wasn't the intention, but people naturally do. Yeah. There is a danger of that. Wh whatever you do, even if you put a positive angle on your content, if it's something that they don't understand fully, then you're in danger of them going, oh, I feel a bit sorry. And, and that isn't my intent. So I've certainly learned through my own sharing of personal content to be very, very careful of how I present that information. Because, you know, I am an optimist. I have suffered. Other people have suffered as well. But I don't want to make it about that. What I, wouldn't, what I want to make it about is how our life experiences can shape us for the better. You know, so that's the line for me. Um, and, and so, you know, I don't think, 
it needs to be all personal. I think you should interject some of your content with some personal stories, but make sure it feels honest and truthful and authentic and it doesn't just feel like you're on a mission to get the cheap likes. Um, heard the word fluffpreneur uh, last week and it feels like... Fluffpreneur. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of fluffpreneurs out there just creating smoke and creating these stories that aren't really that, you know... Um, authentic or don't have a lot of substance to it so I think you know if you want to play the long game stay true to who you are be consistent with that and don't follow the algorithm and and, and what the likes are telling you because mm. that can be short-lived and actually it can be detrimental to your reputation in the long term but like in terms of that and I put I put something out about um, me doing a house extension and, and that that pops up in conversation sometimes these things are are really good conversation starters, actually. And, that, and people want to know that little bit of, of behind you. But at the same time, like, like you just said about your daughter, Grace, and I've, I've got my son, Brooklyn, who was, who's disabled. And that's something I live with, you know, I live a life at home that no one probably has any idea of what I have to go through every single day. Yeah. But, and I could use, easily use that as a, as a springboard of, oh, feel sorry for me. You know, like you say, the sympathy thing or, or the, 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 the get the likes, but yeah. That's private for me. That's the, I'll, I'll occasionally touch on it, but I, I, I don't want to put that out there every single day, yeah. I think you do your thing. I think you do what feels right to you. You know your own mind and you know your own heart, right? And so there'll be certain things that are best kept behind the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you might want to tell, tell those stories to people that you meet and you connect with on a deeper level, like your friends. But one of, the f one of the great things is about sharing some of that stuff is you do get to connect with incredible people. And, and so for me personally, you know, I've met amazing people that have been through similar situations. And so right. we've, we've yeah, taken same. that conversation off, offline. offline. You know, I've supported, you know, I've got involved with, you know, initiatives like Eddie, you might have heard of with, with Scott Jackson. You know, that all came from sharing stories and connecting on that personal level. But we took that offline and we, we went deeper on that and got to know each other more. So I think sharing a bit of it can really open up incredible relationships. And, and that, that's yeah, one of yeah. the wonderful things about building your personal brand. But yeah, like you, I've got so many other stories that I could, I could use that would get probably more likes than anything else I've ever put out there. But I don't because some of that might be related to my family or parents. And actually some of that's their story it's not just my story but you know my personal story with grace and also rory my first son who's who's sick you know i don't i don't i don't choose to tell that story that much about rory um um but that's shaped me as well so you know i tell a story if it if it has a purpose to it and 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 that certainly has because it's shaped what i do for a living yeah yeah um but i don't need well, to, same. i don't need to keep telling it yeah no, it's the same for me. I mean, the whole, the whole reason I went self-employed initially was he was born prematurely. He was in hospital and, yeah. you know, it, I got offered a job in London, but I thought, no, I'll, I'll try and do my own thing. And, uh, yeah, look how that turned out. <laughs> That's off to you, man. You're doing an, and you're doing an amazing job. Look at the brand and, yeah, respect to you. Massive respect. No, and to you. Because people don't know the struggle. They don't know the real juggle. Um, I've well, I think that's the thing. It's the line, isn't it? It's, it's like, so I'm saying it'd be very easy to use that all the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, put that out and, and get a lot more. But is it really going to serve you in the long run? It will build some relationships, but yeah. throwing that in, in your face all the time is, yeah, feels like a bit of a cheap it's shot. It's balance, isn't it? Balance. Yeah.
Yeah. Exactly. So can we move a bit on to the emotional intelligence? So first of all, what is it in terms of how is, you know, for anyone listening that doesn't really understand, it's, it's, it's a great word, is EQ, is it? Yeah, EQ, well? EI, EQ, yeah. 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 What does that test sound like? Because we had Jay Cowell on in season one, and she's, she said about working with, with you guys, and it's helped her define what her purpose is in her, in her business, right? Okay. She has to make the happiest performance agency in, in the UK. Right. And she got that from, she was telling me, from, from that, that test. So what is, what is this test, and how does it work? So, yeah, emotional intelligence is the ability to understand your own and other people's emotions and label those emotions appropriately and then make decisions upon them. The particular framework that we use, Chris, uh, measures five key composite areas. And within those, you've got 15 subscales. So I won't go into all of them, but I'll give you a couple of examples of what some of the subscales might be. One of them might be really simply, how self-aware are you? How self-aware are you understanding how you're feeling? Believe it or not, out of all, out of most people who think they're self-aware, only ten to fifteen percent actually are. So I'll repeat that. Most for the people that think they're self-aware, only ten to fifteen percent of them actually are. After we assess them, and that's a Harvard report yeah. that's been published. And so, yeah, so so self-awareness is is one of the subscales. Empathy could be another. Optimism is another. Flexibility self-regard how you feel about yourself so we measure the whole spectrum of emotions which gives us this overall score and so what we do is we look at that and understand you know where the scores lie and are some of those scores pulling back above the average and are those some of those scores way over the average because Obviously, if you've got low scoring in some areas, it's going to impact you. So, for instance, if you've got low self-regard, we know that you're going to feel like you lack confidence. You don't feel particularly great about yourself. Your self-esteem is probably going to be quite low. And believe me, many people are fantastic at masking how they feel about themselves. Mm. But we spot that in the assessment. It's not just about having high emotional intelligence either because there is a cost to everything. So if you've got really high self-awareness, you might have a tendency to overthink. So that's me, by the way. I've got really high self-awareness, but I will overthink everything at night, which could stop me from having a good night's sleep and therefore impact how I feel the next day. Um, Someone, you know, this is a client that we actually had, had really high flexibility. So very good at being flexible in his business and, and, and being um, open to change. But that flexibility cost that business because he put his friend in an MD position because he went, yeah, OK, I'll give you a chance. Really flexible. But actually that that particular person might have not been the right person for that role being too flexible. So there's always a cost to everything. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is bring more balance and harmony to um, one's results. And we're trying to enhance their consciousness around their own emotional intelligence and go on a journey of discovery and, and, and self-reflection by understanding what it means to them to say, okay, I find myself, I'm way too empathetic, so I'm taking everyone's problems on my shoulders. So it's great that you've got high empathy, but not at the cost of taking everyone's problems 
on your shoulders, which is bringing you down. So again, it's finding that balance. And we find when people tune into it and, and um, take it on board and become more conscious, they're more effective. They're more effective leaders. They're more effective in their personal lives. Their well-being goes up. And they're certainly more consistent with healthy behavior in everyday life. So I guess that 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 first, uh, I don't want to call it a touch point, but basically, so they, they start working with you guys. They go on that that discovery, that journey, which, like you say, is, is probably quite um, life-changing to a lot of people. They discover who they really are and, and you know, where, what their emotional intelligence is. How do they then translate that into what their personal brand becomes and what they sort of publish online or what they talk about in, in, in podcasts or, or on stage, etc. How does how how do you use that information and translate that into the strategy of, of growing their brand online or, or, or just their personal brand in general? Yeah, so all of these these insights, all of these rich conversations that we have with them, they're all discovery touch points. Okay. So we're understanding just like again like an athlete if we if we're working with an athlete for a period of time say an 8 week training camp we understand what type of character they are we understand what attributes they have we understand you know where they're going to you know win really and so you know we understand what we're dealing with because we go so deep on that that process of of introspection discovery assessments feedback session honest conversations really deep, personal, honest conversations. And our job is to gather all that insight together and draw out the meaning of it and synthesize it together and then feed it into the strategic intent, which is to say, okay, we know all of this about you. This is the sport you need to play. And this is the run, the race you need to run. And so we then know that they've got the best possible chance of having long-term success because of that work that we've done in the training camp yeah so i guess when that translates then into into content if you like so again going back to a business owner ultimately for a business owner or agency owner this this building a personal brand a lot of it so much of it now translates onto online doesn't it it's yeah. so much of it is what you post basically on social media or what you blog about but but the, let's be honest the majority of it now for in 2023 it's what you post on linkedin yeah. which you see as could could change your business so i guess from those insights what that brings you almost questions that you can then ask based on those attributes or or that emotional intelligence which then draws out the stories is that right and then it it then draws out what what they then can then ultimately talk about that's the end product right yeah like so throughout all of the the stages it catalyzes storytelling opportunities whether, yeah, that, yeah. whether that's backstories, whether that's connecting some of those backstories uh, and, and those experiences from our backstory to what we do now, right? The, I'm a people promoter. At heart of it, I want to see people win. And weirdly enough, my life has been around protecting people in different situations because I had to protect myself as a child. And then when I do an assessment on my strengths, one of my key strengths is I'm a developer, which is basically I want to help other people win. So that feeds into my positioning. So I know with what I do for a living has purpose behind it because all of these things tell me it's the truth. The story, the assessments, all of those things feed into that. So instead of having to think about me and what I've done previously and just saying, well, I'm just a salesperson because that's what I've done. Actually, I'm much more than that. I don't have to be given the label by anybody else. 
you know, salesperson because I was in a sales capacity. But ultimately, I was able to build trust more than most people in that business. So I can take that skill of building trust and use it in a new format, if you like, which is now helping other people build trust through their personal brands. Bring in some more discovery work into that, which I've done on myself. I am an apprentice of my own work. It becomes a lot more um, robust. And so that that's helped my confidence massively. And then when you see the results of your work, then suddenly you go, yeah, I'm onto the right thing. I know that I'm playing in the right arena and, and, and playing in the right position. And talking about the right things. And talk, talking about the right things. You still need to check yourself sometimes because yeah. you can get... You know, no, but you're playing to your strengths. You, you know you're playing, you're playing, I don't I don't use Jack. I don't jump on the latest trends. If you look at my content history, I won't just jump on latest things because I think they'll they'll generate me uh, visibility. Um, I, I, I keep consistent with what I want to talk about that's meaningful to me and yeah. actually probably, hopefully, is meaningful to my audience. And so they're the things that, that I think are are the things that some people miss when it comes to building their personal brands. It's like, it's not a brand, it's just, it's just noise. And so understanding yourself deeply, authentically and honestly, and looking yourself in the mirror and go, is that really who I am? And if it is, explore it further, because when you can know yourself on a much deeper level from an identity perspective, who am I, what shaped me and where's my value? then you know where you need to go to go and help people. Where do you think this is going to grow to? I mean, obviously, LinkedIn, it's, it's about trying to win business. Do you see that becoming a bit like Instagram influencers and, and, and YouTube influencers where, you know, can they make money off it eventually? Can you monetize that, that LinkedIn presence or that following on LinkedIn? Can, where do you see this going? I think it's going in lots of different directions. I think you know, the personal branding phenomenon has become, it's blown up, right, in the last year. Everyone on LinkedIn is a personal branding expert as well. So it's like, I yeah. think the people that were into social media have now moved into personal brand. I believe some of that should be labelled social media for people, not personal brand, because I well, think... I was going to say, because, the, yeah, the, their qualifications sometimes are that they can get you a lot of likes, brilliant and that's because they know how to craft a social media post not because they know how to build a personal brand right absolutely but you have to be careful with that and we actually say we we don't build personal brands we empower people to build their own and the reason why that's so important it's a bit like us being fitness instructors and taking on clients they need to know what it feels like to get fit because that's when they're actually going to feel that real um, satisfaction from going through that process. If someone writes you content, okay, and you're not involved with that, or you're not even collaborating with that, right? You know, we write content for people, but there's a collaboration process and we've gone deep on that strategy. But if it's just done for you, then there's a risk because what happens if you get asked to come on a podcast and you can't talk about that because actually someone else has been presenting. Not written any of it. You haven't written any of it. And actually you've been presenting yourself completely different to who you are. That person, that social media person has augmented your online presence. So that's a danger. So anyway, and that brings me on to like what, you know, a question of what does personal branding look like in the metaverse? One of our clients, Ben Fry, is a metaverse expert. And we've had conversations about what does that actually look like? Can you build a personal brand in the metaverse? Like visually, what does that look like? And actually, can you create, create those 
those nuances that you know you can in real life through the metaverse but but in terms of where i think it's going can you monetize it yeah i think you are getting you know certain business leaders um getting such big followings now that they're almost becoming influencers um because people are following people so i think yeah i think there's a play but they are tipping over into celebrity status so i think that's that's one thing i think i think video is going to be um, an important part of personal brand for this year and next year. Why? Because I think so many people are now building content or putting out content to get cut through. Well, it's about being a creator now, right? It's not just about writing a text post. It's building that personal brand again. If what's the what's the use of it? I don't know what you look like or what you're like in real life. Yeah. But it builds connection, right? If people can see you talk, yeah, yeah. and they can see the whites of your eyes, or they can see you communicating in a podcast or video, then that would generate more opportunity for speaking and speaking offline. So I think video is going to be a major part of it. Um, I do think that, you know, the, the fluffpreneurs, um, which are just hyping up everything, I think that will settle down. And I think link, LinkedIn will start steering to, towards more value add content, because really, that's what people are turning up to LinkedIn for, which is to help grow mm. their business or learn from certain things. So I think, you know, that that sh reshift slightly towards more insights actual tangible um relevant content that that you can take action from i think that will will happen but yeah i think people always be, buy from people especially in service-based businesses we're selling the skills of our people i also think organizations will invest more in their people to build their personal brands so you know we're doing workshops for agencies now where they're taking you know more junior people through the personal branding uh, program but on a, a lighter level to give them the confidence to put themselves out there so employee advocacy you know there's there's a, there's an argument to say if you've got more numbers representing the business then you've got more opportunity to scale your reach and influence so i think think that's that's an exciting piece and also just building your personal brand within your business even if you don't want to put yourself out there we're talking to people now about personal branding just to bring people together more within an organization. So mm. getting to know each other more, you, you know, we go into agencies and they're 50 or 60 people and it's fascinating to, to realize how little they know about people's backstories. Maybe because of COVID, maybe they joined during, you know, lockdown and they haven't actually got to know each other on that personal level. So personal branding itself, when it's a discovery of who you are, your identity and what you stand for, can also help you connect with your fellow colleagues. So I think that's really exciting. So yeah, I think there's lots of things going on. I think video is going to be one of those things. I think more relevant, insightful content. Um, and I think personal branding, you know, that, that awareness of who you are and what value you can bring, I think can be used to also galvanize, um, galvanize organizations together uh, and build a stronger culture. That's excellent. Cool. So where can people find out more about you? How can they connect with you? They, LinkedIn, hopefully. Yeah, LinkedIn, <laughs> Ryan O'Keefe. If you type in Ryan O'Keefe, um, Jago, uh, you'll find me. Um, or you can go to our website, which is wearejago.com. Brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on today, mate. Welcome. Great talking to you as always. Thank you for having me, my friend. It's been a real privilege. Thank you. You've been listening to Confessions of an Agency Owner with me, Chris Ailey. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my newsletter, and find out more about my agency at honchosearch.com.
And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Until next time.